All right, well, that should wake you up on a Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is Mike. I think Noelle jumped in her chair, she told me. Uh, everyone hear the music there. If you want, if you're here, uh, just jump into the chat. Let me know that you're you've you're able to find the chat. That's how you're going to communicate with me today. Uh, ask questions, etc. Let us know where you're from. Uh, maybe what your niche is in your business or organization, and we can somehow maybe tailor to that as we go along today. Hi, Jason, Tim, uh, Jen. How are you? Dallas, great. Starting to get hot down there. Ivan or Yvonne, depending on where you are. And Gregson from Las Vegas, Massachusetts. Hey, everyone. Alabama, South Africa. Wow. All right. Good to see you, Morris. Some of my best friends in the world are South Africans. Yeah. Good good people. I always joke, I think you have the best, they have the best genes of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> they can run faster, swim faster, jump higher. Uh, just about everything. They really amaze me, actually. That's awesome. Uh, video production company in Columbia. Hi, Yvonne. I'm going to say Yvonne from Columbia. Marketing agency and consulting. Lexington, North Carolina. Hi, Joe. I'm from, very familiar with Lexington. Uh, originally from North Carolina. I'm in North Carolina right now, out on the coast, actually. So, yeah. And hi, Carolyn. All right. Uh, good to see everyone. I think there's more here, but uh, let's go ahead and get started today. Um, just as I'm explaining what we do here, a, a typical webinar might be a thing where you lock, where you come in and, and someone goes step by step through a software where you get to see every little piece of it and how it works. If we tried that with Sweet Dash, it would take days and days. So what we do here is we try to <clears throat> provide a forum, a place where you can come uh, on a regular basis and get your questions answered. Uh, we don't we won't be able to walk through and do step by step by step because that way every no not everyone will get served. But what I'm going to try to do is help you over conceptual hurdles if you have them. So your questions should be around. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that, and I will do my best to try to find a way to help you over that hurdle so that it becomes simple, or at least you get it, and then you can go off and make that happen, and come back possibly later to. Um, yeah, ask more questions if you need. So that's the purpose here. Uh, but as we get started, you're seeing the the Sweet Dash website, which, by the way, is starting to evolve a little bit. Hope uh, in a good way. But uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and start a free trial. There's no other. There's no better way to get a look at the software, see if it will do, uh, if it will fit your needs. Uh, along that journey, the documentation is your best bet for sure. Uh, some of the questions that we get and support. Uh, if those questions would have been answer, uh, typed into the search search box, then all of Noel and her team's hard work would be uh, payoff. Because if you say, for example, what is a portal page, uh, you're going to get an article all about portal pages, right? And um, a lot of other associated information that will really help you along. Uh, also, Sweet Dash Academy is videos. If you learn best by video, there's a lot of walkthrough videos in here. Some are some are as long as 30 minutes, like with a complete walkthrough, step by step, very um, methodical, and s with with diagrams and all these other things to help you if you wanted to do that. And then the Sweet Dash community is uh, is 
you'll find that here at community.sweetdash.com. It's a place where you can go and um, you'll have to create an account by signing up, but there's many, many of our customers there. Our team is fairly active there, and this is a place where you can get help and get, um, you know, run your your problems by other sweet mates who are in the same position as you, trying to solve the same problems as you, and that usually ends up being a good thing for everyone, uh, learning from each other, helping each other with ideas. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and get the chat up here. Let's see. Yep, there's the chat. Everyone can see that. Let me scroll back and see if we can find some questions here. Let everyone in. Uh, yeah, but first, before we do that, let me let me let me put the chat away, and let's go to a, I guess a a little segment. I guess we can call it. But just about just a quick tip, uh, tip on how to use the portal and how to set things up. And I won't spend too much time here, but this is a concept that I think is important and uh, a lot of people sort of just don't think of it in this way. And the, and the way, and what I'm trying to explain is the intake form leading into the portal and leading to a start page. Okay. So if you put an intake form on your website for lead generation and then you use 20 or 30 different uh, questions there and try to get all of your questions answered on an intake form on your website, um, typically that's going to be a mistake because that's a lot of friction. You're not going to get that email address that you're after. Uh, someone's going to look at that form and they're going to run away. Uh, they're never going to fill all that out. So this is the reason that we typically are recommending when you embed an intake form on your website, let's keep that to three, maybe four questions. Really small, as small as you can handle it, right? First name, last name, email address, and maybe one or two other questions, but really that should be the max. And what you're gonna do then is code that intake form or configure it using our settings, which are really self-explanatory, and you can set all of, a lot of things that you see here. Um, their coordinator, their circle, their email marketing list, and there's more than this, but it's just an example of the things that you can set up just from this intake form being completed. You can make assignments of all these things to that person who completes the, to the contact that completes the form. So then they complete the form. You, you will configure the welcome email to be automatically sent and the contacts receives that welcome email. They come to the portal, they set their password and they get logged in. You receive a notification. This is optional, but it is default. And then if what you want to have ready is a start page, which is just a portal page that's configured as a start page for someone in that circle um, or all. You can configure a start page to go to all clients or all prospects. And then on that start page here where you see next actions determined by instructions, this is where you'll define their, their journey uh, based on the type of client that they are. You know, maybe you put a paragraph of instructions or you put step one, step two, step three, a video maybe of you welcoming in them into the portal. And this is your way of customizing their experience right from the beginning. But what, what you can also do if you have 20 questions that you now need to ask is you can embed an update form, see uh, what we call a CRM update form on that portal or their start page. And they can complete that form and then now that they're, you know, they have one foot in the in the um, in your world. Now they're a little more committed. Now they're uh, clearly interested, and they would be much more likely to complete that form. 
you don't necessarily have it on the, need to have it on the start page. You could put a button on the start page that says click here to complete um, our questionnaire or form or whatever information you need, which can link to another portal page where you then, then can embed the form. So, you know, how things go from this point are, is really up to you and your workflow and how you design it. But the important part to remember is with this intake form, don't try to get too much on the front, on the front end from uh, a lead. Let's try to get, I think it's really smart to just use a few questions, uh, get them into your funnel, which is all these, all, all these settings. Try to get them into the portal if that's, if that's a part of the way that you want to, um, you know, have your workflow go. And if you do that, then you can present them with the next steps, which can include more data uh, gathering, file uploads, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so just a concept that it's nice to hammer home and make sure that you, everyone is thinking about as you decide how to make your configurations. All right. Okay, so Tim, let's get to Tim's question. I think Noel might be trying to answer it, but let's go ahead and just uh, get it out there and we'll see what we can do. Tim says, is it possible to combine contract terms into a proposal and just use a signed proposal as the actual contract? This would be helpful for simplicity and less friction. Yes, Tim, that is possible. So let's go to, here's a proposal. Uh, I have one here. So let's let's talk about how proposals work. So you can create multi-page proposals, and it's easier. Let's look at it in preview mode. This is a custom loader that you can configure in white label. And for those of, uh, those of you that aren't familiar with Sweet Dash, I'm operating in a completely white label environment here, so you won't see anything about Sweet Dash. Um, these are mock companies that we use to illustrate the white labeling. Uh, Tim, so here on the uh, accept and sign page is where you would want to typically want to configure your language for a contract, for example. Because what we're going to do is append at the end of any content that's here a signing box, this one you see here, where they can just type their name or they can click to signature and sign their name. Uh, all of this gets filled in dynamically and you can even modify this language based on your needs. But yes, on the, let's go to edit here. So on this page, you can put your entire contract, essentially, uh, all the language of your contract and save that. And then at the end, uh, notice that the signing box is not there now, but at the end of your terms and your contract, we're going to append this and that's going to be presented to your um, prospect or client. Okay. Does that answer your question, Tim? Let's get to the chat here. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to stick with what Noel is chatting with Tim. Tim, partial payments is on our roadmap for this quarter. And yes, uh, we will, you will be able to set not only uh, partial payment as an option and then they pay whatever, you'll be able to actually specify which the amount that needs to be paid, deadlines for that amount, and uh, more than just one as a deposit, you could set multiple partial payments as part of that. Uh, installment payments is what we call the the feature. Okay, but about the proposal, that answered your question, Tim. No, you don't. Well, not necessarily, because what we do here is, it, is if you put this information, the language that you need here, that covers you on your on your legal side. We 
treat this in the same way. We IP stamp this. We have a um, basically a flow recorded IP address, um, so that everything's everything is binding as far as this goes when signing a proposal, just like signing a contract. Yep, contracts. Uh, here's a little sneak peek. Uh, contracts will be renamed soon to to documents. So when it says contracts, it really is a signing of a document, but it's not the only way to sign a document. So a proposal is essentially the same as a contract with some marketing pages in front of it, essentially, right? And then you have accept and sign. Okay, I'm gonna assume that's good and we'll go back and look for other questions. Let's see. Yes, as Noel says. Proposal is basically a contract in itself. It should work just fine. Uh, so I, I wouldn't get hung up on the nomenclature there, Tim. Okay, uh, Zach's question is, is there a way to do a search for a person in the CRM instead of have, having to load the contacts and do it to control F? Yes, Zach, you just hit the filters. So let's go ahead and look there. Um, let's see if I have it up somewhere. I don't, but I will. One sec, and we'll just demonstrate for Zach and everyone else. Let me look for another question here. Good, good. Uh, Elevation Ala, the flowchart. We are. It's not available at the moment. It's something that is available in a lot of the the videos. But the thinking is is that we'll release a larger document that consists of several flows. Uh, just as example flows that are similar. Um, back to Zach. Zach, if you just hit filter here, search by name, and just start typing the client name, you get them immediately, and you'll be taken right to them, which, at which time you can perform actions from here, or you can go into their dashboard. Uh, coming soon is a new menu here that will be uh, more like what we would call a mega menu. It would stretch out to here with the options would be a little bit more organized and a fingertip. So that's something that's in progress now. But yes, this is a quick way to find your, uh, by searching a name, Zach, or you can search it by many other ways, right? Filter. And you can even uh, s save a filter. Like say you want to, you're like, okay, I love this filter. This is the way I want to uh, filter my contacts, especially if you have a, a thousand, five thousand, however, uh, and you can save whatever filter you like by save as new, set a name for it. And then when you open up this filter, instead of having to configure them all again and again every single day, you just select which filter you want and boom, it'll be not only loaded, but then the filter will activate immediately. Okay. Uh, how is the integration with QuickBooks? It's a one-way integration, Yvonne. When you make invoices in SweetDash, they are replicated in QuickBooks, but it's not a two-way, which is, I think, the essence of your question. One day it possibly could be QuickBooks. Um, strategically <laughs> uh, makes their integration a little bit limited. I'll put it that way. QuickBooks is out for QuickBooks, and I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't do it any. If it was, if I was them, I would do it the same way. But um, making a, a seamless integration where everything is perfect for another app, then you start to wonder why you would 
use why we wouldn't use the QuickBook tools that they're developing and trying to market. So uh, I'm not saying we're we have that integration maxed out. We have work to do there in the future as as they they add more options as well. But um, in general, I'm, we're we're doing the best we can on that. Yvonne says, "Where is the? I think you mean when, Yvonne? Is the LMS going to be launched in Q2? That's right, Noel." We're targeting by the end of Q2. It's a big feature. All right. Uh, Tim, we we covered your question about partial payments, 50% deposit. <coughs> yes, that will be covered when installment payments is, is implemented, and that's slated for Q2, yes. All right, Jen, here's a good question. I own a travel agency, and I'm struggling to figure out if I can make the CRM work the way I need it to. I need to get the basic client information and have them sign off on various forms, but but then I need to be able to track their trips and bookings and all the details. Based on where they are traveling, I need to send them a series of emails leading up to their trip. Okay, well, the, let's start with the last sentence, Jen. The, based on where they are traveling, I'm going to assume that, that you have maybe 10 or 15 different primary destinations that you're talking about otherwise you wouldn't have say um, 200 different ones that you need to build messaging for so in this case what you would do is you would create a circle um, for each one of those right so let's just say let's just say we have people that want to travel to South Africa all right just for a <laughs> a good example that we are already covering today uh, we'll create a circle called South Africa, and then when you're adding, or just call it email, uh, marketing South Africa, or something like this, depending on what your the content of this this drip is that you need. Uh, okay, I think I'm starting to see the other side of your question, but let's just get the, through this first part, and then we'll clarify that, Jen. So then, when you're adding them, you're going to adding them add them to an email marketing list, which you'll see here. The list will have what's called autoresponders associated with it, and you can then start messaging them based on if they're going to South Africa, you could send them a weekly email every week um, with tips and tricks on how to travel successfully and safely in South Africa, etc. cetera. Uh, but now I'm starting to realize that probably you need that autoresponder to be based and calculating off of a trip date, right? Is that where I'm? Where you're going? Ah. All right. Uh, good. Jen says yes. That's right. So typically, and in every software that I know of that does autoresponder drip campaigns, you add to a list, and it's going to then uh, let's look. Let's go and look together. Uh, list. It's going to calculate from the date of sign up, click again, and five days, 10 days, 15 days, etc. That's how the um, that's the calculation for when these emails are sent. Okay, so if we click autoresponders here, I think I have some in here. Yeah, so see one day, three days, seven days. But interesting, Jen, that's interesting. Um, we have a feature that we developed that was similar based on event dates uh, called uh, in project profiles where we have what we call a based on date 
Um, so from the based on date, you can use a positive or a negative variable to set, in this case, the the quote, quote unquote based on date is based on the date that they are added to the autoresponder. But what might be interesting, and we don't have this now, I want to make that very clear, but what might be interesting is to create a configuration for a mailing list. Well, it wouldn't be a list. Um, it would have to be an independent autoresponder or drip campaign that would have a these relative dates you can make negative and then you would set a based on date for each in particular client which would be their trip date and then say seven days before or three days before or one day before that would work right Jen if we had some configuration some structure like that yeah interesting Jen I think you were recently someone who requested a feature related to the travel agency niche for vaulting credit cards yes yes Jen okay I'm familiar with okay and we are making moves in that direction Jen uh, because travel agencies I think is a isn't could be a strong niche for us would you agree um, Jen if we had say the credit card storage option uh, some messaging here re related to like a reverse chronological time scale for that we could configure in the way that we said other parts of the application I think it could be pretty helpful and, and a good um, a good option for travel agents especially smaller yep okay Jen says I love the system overall and love the portal just concerned that CRM piece can't store and manage all the information I need meaning credit card storage the vaulting and meaning um, the trip trip details trip details I was gonna let's get back to that let's go back to Jen's question so that everybody can see it okay yeah let's let's work work towards that part so in general uh, Jen, I would call trip detail. I would use projects for that. Now I can't. I'm not sure that we'll be able to go through step by step and see how that can work for you. But I would. You can create as many projects as you need to for one client, for example. So if you have a client that travels often, you'll create a new project for each trip. And inside that trip, that project, you can have tasks that you can assign to the client. I need you to provide me this. Provide me that. Um, you can even run timers. You, I mean, you can use all the calendar is associated. And this is what we call a, a project dashboard. And this can be shared with the client, dated, dated updates uh, and time stamped, date stamped updates can be added. They can comment back. You can really uh, customize how this is used based on your use case. I mean, you define how it would be used and you can even change the name. Projects doesn't have to stay projects. It can become whatever you like using the translation feature. So really you could customize this to your needs and that would keep each trip. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go back. Trip details. Uh-huh. Okay. But you can customize how this works and, and have your clients interact with it in a way that I think maybe they might find unique and, and somewhat 
Uh, interesting. And you can usually this would be used maybe for the logo of the company you're doing a project for. But in your case, you could put your logo here or not show it at all and just show the project progress. Again, all this can be renamed based on your needs, right? Using the translation feature, which is not always for translating to another language. It's often used for just changing the way something is, is, is said in the platform to fit your niche. Uh, okay, let's see. Yvonne, I'm going to go with Yvonne and then scroll back. Is there a way to collect data for a project? For example, my customer needs me to create five web pages. How can I collect data from each pod project with forms in order to use it with conditional logic? Uh, the first answer, Yvonne, is going to be work request. Okay, so work request you can create custom forms for work requests. So if you have, uh, if you wanted to create a form, now I'm looking at it from the from the admin side. You can't create work requests from the admin side. Let me get to the client side here. Let's see if I'm still logged here. Okay, let me get logged in really quick. Here's a custom login screen. This is the center login configuration. Yvonne, is it Yvonne or Ivan? First, Yvonne, right. Columbia, right? So I'm, I'm thinking in Columbia, it's always Yvonne. Okay, good. All right. So now, Yvonne, so you have your client come. They're going to cr create a work request. Again, you can rename this to whatever you'd like using translation. You can call it project details or project uh, fill in I, you know, anything you want. Okay, so we're going to call it work request. Now the form that's presented here when they click when they go to work, this is completely customizable. Okay, you can completely customize this form using custom fields, and I'll show this really quickly. We're going to go to custom fields. You're going to create a new custom field here. You're going to select the usage, which is going to be work request, and the type, single line, or you can use any one of these you'd like. And you're just going to create a, a, a field for data collection based on what you need, as many as you need. And then they're going to show up, because their usage work request, they're going to show in this form that you see on the client side. Now, they can complete all these and submit it. You can even select this as you can even make it like a almost like a shopping cart like oh I want to add a um, one page or I want to add look if you had priced it, priced it by the page for example two page three page however it works for you and then they submit you can even require payment for this by credit card before the work request is actually submitted and then on the admin side you can take that work request and you can convert it ah wrong sorry <laughs> you can convert it uh, to a new project or into an existing project and what it will do is we'll take each item of the work of the work request and add it in as a task in the project 
or you can uh, add it to an existing invoice, an estimate. There's a lot of options here. You can take, but so basically, it takes all that data submitted by the client and it converts it into another element, another item in the platform, but it carries all the data along with it in a helpful way. So if it's invoice, for example, uh, it's going to actually make a line item for each little piece of the, of the um, work request. And then all the pieces of data that, that you collected, these are custom fields, and they're, thus they are available for uh, use as dynamic data, which I think that's what you mean when you say conditional logic, you will be able to show that data in the project in, say, for example, let's go here into tasks. In the project description, you're able to use dynamic data placeholders to display the data of the project. So, for example, in, in this project description, this, for example, company, that's powered by a dynamic data placeholder. This is dynamic data. All these are, right? And they're, I created this project from a project profile where I already built all this in advance. And um, every, every project gets zipped out with or generated with this exact project description. But based on which client is assigned to, I get these returns of data. And you can do the same with the data placeholders that you are going to be using from the work request items, or I'm sorry, the um, custom fields that you have associated with the work request. All right, Yvonne, was that helpful? Too much? Too little? Great. Now, can you use that information with an automation? For example, a date field? Yes, yes, yes. Yvonne, sharp. Good. Exactly. So what Yvonne is saying is, can I use that information within automation? For example, a date field to set what should happen after one month. Um, in some cases, Yvonne, we have some automations that are based on that type of thing where you can use a custom field, a date, for example, to trigger um, to trigger actions. And we're, we're, we will be extending that, but let me, I'm just thinking on the fly here. So if we go to Project Profiles and do an edit here, let's get in here and edit this Project Profile, you'll see that you can set this profile to recur every, um, if we en enable these scheduling options, you can set it to recur every on a date or every one month and you know, in this recurring option, or you can say on a specific date or here is an example of what you said, or on the value of a custom field, which in your case is gonna be a date type custom field. That's the only type you'll see here. And this is of type date. And so what it means is that this is gonna recur on this date, right? Or, or not recur, but it will generate on this date. So in your case, you, may, you would be able to generate a new project based on this. But, um, there are other places that we want to use that as well, yes. But good that you're seeing the, that use case. So the date can be taken from the work request or is it the contact custom field? Uh, good question, good question. It depends on the automation. I, I, I really wouldn't, would need to understand the automation that you're going after. Um, but you, I think you're right, though, that this one is a CRM contact custom field. 
and and probably not a work request field. But yes, um, if you have a specific use case, Yvonne, I would say write into help at sweetdash.com with a video, a screencast video, or just a, a good explanation or a flowchart and see what workarounds we might be able to help you with, or at the very least, we'll see their use case and um, work towards it in our development, okay? Yeah, Jen, so Jen's saying uh, I need overall management agency reporting of knowing who is traveling, when total, when totals by agent, totals by destination, package costs, commissions. It's getting a little bit specific, Jen, there. I mean, I, in time, could we have tools that would allow all of that? Maybe, but you know, I, I wouldn't want to convince you that somehow all that would be possible today or in the next few weeks or months. Um, you know, there's a lot there. And and it's niche specific yeah so we're we're looking to develop tools that can be universal and in some cases it does help to to look at a niche and then step backwards towards universal so surely this these kind of uh, exposure to this kind of need your needs are is helpful to us but uh the reporting side and, and the costing commissions and things like that i don't see a um correlation with the way that we think of the next few months and, and quarters. All right, let's see. And we're talking about, you guys are talking about um, travel specific CRMs, okay. All right, Tim says, are there any HTML cheat sheets for proposals? I would like to have a header image with text and logo over the top. Great question, Tim. Thanks for asking. All right, let's go to, um, your flyout menu and you should see templates library here or template library if you don't see template library it's because you had an account before we released this and in a, in our efforts to protect those who uh, are are have a white label set up and don't want anyone and don't want that to be upset we delivered template library is off by default for those existing accounts. So what you want to do, Tim, is go to platform branding, which you can find here, flyout menu to platform branding, scroll to the bottom, and be sure that the template library is enabled. Okay. And then in the template library, you would be able to find a, a nice example of how to start or an HTML cheat sheet, as you say. Uh, let's filter by proposals. Sorry, proposals. So there's two or three here that can get you a start. And then, of course, you'll have to, you'll, yours will need to be unique to you, or not unique to you, but uh, serve your needs. So I think that's a good place to start, Tim. There's, there's six of them here, too. And I think you said you need an image at the top. Yes. Uh, and some other things. Uh, one sec. Okay. All right, let's go back. All right, Yvonne, we talked. Um, Tim says, created first marketing campaign successfully set up email settings. Received success email SMTP setup is Outlook 365. Okay. 
then tried sending email to a list with only one member. Result was not sent. Um, yeah, I would say contact the help team and just make sure that um, that your settings are correct. But you said you received a successful test. Did you receive a successful test or the success email when you did your SMTP setup? This one. So, but regardless, either way, uh, let's. I think the easiest thing is just to shoot an email with a screencast video or an explanation that's complete to the help team, and they will jump on that and do their best to help you help you sort out what's going on there. Okay. Yes, as Noel suggested. Yes. Okay. So Zach says. Any thoughts on affiliate programs so that we could allow our clients to refer other people to us and we can provide a credit or payment? Whoops, um, etc. Yeah, Zach, so that's a recurring concept that comes around every you know few weeks, I think. When you say refer people to you, okay, let's let's just talk about. It. I mean, of course, I'm familiar with how affiliate programs work and the tracking of that, etc. Um, but you want to refer by digital click or refer by some other uh, functionality. What's the most useful for you? I mean, digital is really the only foolproof way. But then the issue is that someone can come uh, into yeah a URL referral link. Yep. But someone can come another way, right? I mean, I think we all, a lot of us have seen an affiliate link before and then just decided to type in the the website instead of the affiliate link for whatever reason. Um, curious about some other way, like if, if you have a sign-up process. One of the things we want to implement into all of our paid processes for subscriptions, for example, paid portal access is a coupon code. So conceivably, we could have we could call it a reference code, something like that in your case, and that code could be passed verbally over the phone, and entered into whatever funnel process you have uh, as an alternative. Right? Um, the URL with reference link is kind of a no-brainer, that's for sure, and we could track that in. And then the the uh, the second part of the question would be um, we'd have to set up. The infrastructure in the back end for payment um, digitally, if that's if that's what you want. Um, so there's a lot of roadblocks there as well. All your clients would, all your affiliates, or in your case, clients, you're trying. They would all have to have some uh, Stripe Connect connection or uh, PayPal address. I'm pretty sure you don't want to write them all checks for XY or you know however much money yeah stripe connect yeah stripe connect is the is the certainly the best solution for something like this we've done a lot of development around stripe connect so most people are have no problem with it at all it's just a bank account or to a debit card and it's pretty easy connection and what it basically does is it, it creates a Ask them for their email address. If they haven't a Stripe account already, it makes the association. If they don't, it creates a pseudo Stripe account. It's actually a Stripe account, but uh, it creates that uh, 
Stripe account light on the fly, and then later that person can come in and um, do the verifications that are needed to make the payout, etc. But yeah, it's a good it's a good system. What's cool about it is you can split payments. Like if you accept fifty dollars in a platform, you can split it as many ways as you like uh, to sm smaller players in the game, or however it, it works in the in whatever model. Okay, so that's thoughts on an affiliate program. It, it's it's probably not close, Zach. I would say that would be something that we would address um, later down the, down the road, down the road. So let's see what Elevation has to say. The affiliate program is implemented. Please make it where it's a two-tier system because it allows more opportunity. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Let's make it. <laughs> let's make it really complicated. No, it's. I get. I get that. So yeah, the the uh, two tier system is. Uh, it's not so much more difficult than the one tier system. It just requires another level of logic, and then uh, how do you deal with these affiliates and and do they log in? Do they what permissions do they have? It's a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne says, how can I connect sales made with another shopping cart with Sweet Dash in order to deliver the experience within my own app? Right now, Yvonne, I think the um, solution is going to be Zapier, the only one that I could recommend. So uh, if you're using WooCommerce or BigCommerce or Shopify, uh, you should be able to pass the uh, data associated with the client, the, con the, the customer in your case. To Sweet Dash, and you'll be able to specify uh, in Zapier the, in the integration circle affiliation, uh, all that, and so you should be able to using that circle affiliation and, and the other tools provided in the Zapier integration, uh, configure those peak customers on the way in, and then design the experience in Sweet Dash to deliver exactly the experience. Yeah. Zach says, "Can we?" see the invoices that are unpaid somewhere on the admin side. Yes, Zach, you can uh, list the invoices and then filter them by status. When I go to research payment, didn't clear for my client's client, I have to impersonate and to see the open unpaid invoice or go to Stripe. Uh, I think you should be able to see it from the uh, admin side, but let's just look together. Yes, Elevation says Zapier. So you should be able to filter by status and uh, open status will show anything that's unpaid, that's actually open but not paid, or and also overdue. Okay, so that should do it for you. Uh, but let me know if that's let me know if that's not if I didn't understand correctly. All right, Tim says, <clears throat> can we send a proposal slash contract to a prospect, have them sign it? And generate an invoice that is sent by email all without having them being a signed in client. Uh, da, 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 da. Signed in. You'll have to create them as a client, Tim. They'll have to be, you have to create them. I think you're asking is do they need to be signed in? So let's go through it together. I think we're pretty close to that as far as 
the capabilities. Let's go to billing proposals. We provide a non-logged link for proposals. We provide a non-logged link for invoice. So let's just say we go here. This is an open proposal. I can go to options and say copy and copy this approve link, which puts it on my clipboard. I can send it to them now without um, without being logged into the platform or by an email and have that be not logged into the platform. I'm going to open now a new browser, Brave Incognito, and we're going to paste this link right see the coded link and that's how the coding is how we know what proposal and who it is all right so this is a non-logged proposal okay now uh, yes they can sign it accept and sign is on this page yes and then generate an invoice that is sent by email yeah I think so so what we can do here um, Tim is we can assign actions manage actions are associated with the signing of this proposal we're going to configure the actions here and we're going to specify that we want this converted into a convert to invoice and we're going to set a title set a relative due date we're gonna say it's due seven days after we're gonna set the gateway and here looks like a possible translation issue because we have a blank here but I think this says um, send email immediately and then redirect to the client, uh, the client to the created invoice. And we're going to save this, right? And then when the proposal gets signed, they're going to be immediately, it's going to be immediately converted to an invoice, which is then due for them. If they receive this email, the email has a non-logged link in it, just like I showed here in Brave. Um, so yes, I think this is something that you can do. And it should be all automated actually once they get that first proposal link. All right, let's take a look. Cool, good, Tim. Let me take that down. Noel, if you can make a little note here that we're willing to check this translation, um, more than likely, that's all, all, all that's going on here. Uh, let me get back to here. And the chat's showing good. Okay. Let's scroll up. All right, good, that's Tim. All right, Jason. Jason says, I apologize, I had to step away. Okay, that's all right. Uh, wondering if Office 365 integration will be on the roadmap, specifically Office Calendar and email. Yes, the calendar for sure. We're just finalizing the two-way integration with Google Calendar, after which we will approach the other popular calendars on on the planet Earth, Microsoft and Apple, and which really basically is everything. So yes, we will uh, be looking to integrate the calendar. Uh, email is a little bit different story. Uh, we, as of now, we are not of the mind that we want to have this sort of 100% uh, email integration. But uh, if you look at our roadmap for Q2, you'll see that there is an an email integration spec'd and it's still being planned but the idea will be that it would allow you to have selective email integration we'll call it uh, so that for example um, you would be able to choose when you want an email quote-unquote recorded by the system or tracked by the system uh, and then when that in the case that you do choose that then yes as you are probably alluding to it would be 
recorded under that client's profile and available as a history as you look at that client and and uh, work that client over the years, right? So I think that's, Jason, I think that's the best answer I can give now. Um, we don't necessarily have a perfect plan around the email. Um, still forming itself. Yeah. Well, Elevation is somewhat right. I, I, I believe that they might be charging money for access to that API, yes. Uh, in addition, I'll, I'll explain some other aspects to it, Jason. Google, for example, now has implemented a very rigorous, a, they've set the bar very high by requiring a security, a very expensive security audit for access to specific parts of their API. Um, it's, it's not really needed. It's, but what, what myself and others think is a strategic, um, requirement to, keep the move the bar higher and higher and higher for companies out there the problem with something like that is it's achievable yes we could we could make go jump over that and but they require it every year and what's the logic behind that the logic is of course that Google will continue to, to develop uh, project management and and other types of software and they'll be able to uh, reduce the competition significantly um, as they continue to keep box people out, <laughs> right? Uh, over the years, every year the bar will get higher and the slope will get slippier, slipperier, and then suddenly, oh, I, I expect Microsoft to follow the, to follow suit for sure. All the big boys will always try to absorb as much. I look at Tile, right? You guys know the company Tile who makes the trackers. Um, I mean, they're essentially out of business. They're going to be completely out of business um, because of air tags. Nobody wants a tile now. Why would you want that? So um, you know, and there's there's uh, there's example after example of small companies who have come up, and then the the Google fence gets bigger, and the Apple fence gets bigger, and you just get completely uh, put out of business. Yeah, the empire. So. Anyway, we are trying to understand how we can do business, uh, how we can provide you with the solution that you want without tethering ourselves to that, um, that without committing ourselves to a path that will not allow us to back up, not allow us to say, oh, this, now, now we realize what's happening. We want to go back, but if we go too far, there's a point of no return. And so we're being very careful logically and strategically about going down that road. Yeah. So there's the, uh, there's the answer. Don't tell Google I said that. <laughs> They'll crush me like a bro. They'll crush us like a bug if they want to, obviously. But yes, Jason, that's the answer. Um, and the, and the, the, uh, <clears throat> The, strate the strategy evolves, revolves around open source solutions like, not open source, but open solutions that they really don't have a choice of, of supporting things like IMAP and SMTP. So we think that we can operate in that way using those tools in a way that will be accomplished the goal that you're after, but without um, getting in bed to 
uh, with them in a way that we can't get get out, right? All right, Yvonne says, uh, I, how can I create a step-by-step -step process when people only see what I need and move on after they finish the previous step? I have a nine-step pre process with video, text, and tasks. Okay. And what defines good, Yvonne? Good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how you can do it now based on or possibly def uh, depending on your requirements. And I'm also going to introduce a new feature that we have in planning that will be perfect for this. In fact, it's exactly perfect. So, Yvonne, um, what's, what defines the um, completion requirement, is what we call it here, for uh, finishing the previous step? Is that something that needs manual approval by you? Is that something that they can just say, uh, yes, I've done that, and move on to the next? I'm going to have a sip of water. People choose so that they can manually say, I'm complete, I'm done, I'm ready for the next step. Mm -hmm. All right, so that in that case, Yvonne, you can do that now with essentially the tools that we provide. So let's go to, uh, here's a portal page, right? A portal page is really kind of the backbone content um, page in the portal. What can you do on a portal page? You can um, display charts, graphs, dynamic data, etc. You can use our button block to create custom linking out to other parts of the portal or functionality in the portal. You can also embed um, update forms. So what I would say in, in on an update form you can specify a redirect URL. So what we what we often recommend as a as a as a tool to um, facilitate this kind of structure is you would say for example create a page where you um, display your video I'll just use that as an example video some content then at the bottom of the page you're going to add a um, update form very small update form something like um, I've completed I've completed this uh, step and you're going to call this update form step one so let's go let's just be really intentional here but I will try to show it at the same time that I'm explaining it but the update form will you'll call it update step one it'll have a very simple requirement one or two fields and that's it even one field is fine when they submit it you're gonna set the you the redirect URL for the URL of the next portal page in your structure which will be number two you're gonna present your content there and uh, at the bottom of that one, you're going to put this second unique update form, and that's going to redirect to number three, and then the and so on. You're just going to follow that pattern. So as they complete, quote unquote, complete or or uh, certify themselves that they are complete, they'll do that by completing the form. Let's look on the client side and see if I can provide an a example. Yeah, I can't remember which one of these pages has the example I'm looking for. But let's go back to now the uh, forms. We're going to go to update form here. And then you're going to set in the embed settings. You're going to set the redirect URL. So you'll just make this one or two questions and then you go to link embed. And you're going to set a redirect. Uh, 
da, da, da. here. You're going to disable the success message, and you're going to enter the redirect URL, and this can be a relative URL. How you find this URL is a little bit, a little more advanced, is you'll go to the client side of that page, right? You can do that by impersonation really easily. And you're going to grab, if you can see here, the relative part of the URL, meaning relative to your custom domain. And it looks just like this. You're going to copy that and you're going to place that in this redirect right here. And you're going to do that one page after another. So it's a little bit of a um, advanced move, as they say, but it's 100% doable and you can go one to the other. And then you could create a, a start page that would be similar to this, for example, where you can create a tile or a button that would go to each step um, and get them to get, shortcut them to the step. Now, is that perfect? No. But what's coming uh, is, is an answer to exactly your needs and it's a feature we call journeys okay so journeys is exactly you would define your nine steps let's go back to your question while I'm talking you would define your nine steps and call them and name them you would um, provide the content or provide the element which could be like something like a project even could be a step so step three might be the project uh, not in your world, but in some worlds it could be. And that step three is not the completion requirement is not satisfied until the project is completed. Or step two might be an invoice payment or an estimate approval or whatever you specify as that step. But we will, of course, monitor those what you specify. And when it's completed, we will automatically move them to the next step. And part of the journey functionality will be on the client side, they will have a journey dashboard where they, which is something I was just describing that you might be able to build manually, but it will be built for you already and dynamically uh, built and show them step one, step two, step three, show them where they are in the journey, which milestone they're on. That's the terminology we're using and allow them to, and they can click depending on which milestone they are, they'll click the action button associated with it, which will take them to the process or you if you set that action that milestone to be um, the completion requirement as manual meaning the client gets to choose in your case you said yes then they would just click I've completed this step and it would move them to the next step okay uh, also we'll be building in a, a, an admin approval completion mechanism which would be they get to submit a form or upload a file and then it needs evaluation. So you'll say, okay, you, you did that, but it's waiting on admin approval. The step, the milestone step will uh, send email notifications as needed to the appropriate staff on your side. They'll be provided a link where they can go and preview that resource, that uploaded file or that PDF or whatever it is. And then they can click approve very easily. And that will make that, that will be the completion requirement for this, for the milestone. And we'll move them on to the next step based on that. So it's quite flexible in that, in built in that way, and it should provide you exactly what you're after. Certainly with uh, after several iterations, but but in the beginning, this is exactly what you're asking for. Is exactly what we are designing. Yeah, it's slated for Q2. Yvonne is still in planning phases and um, design phase, so. It's not being worked on as of yet, but it is a high priority for sure because 
I think not a week goes by for sure in the in the webinar and certainly not in the help and support where we don't uh, recognize a query as this is a journey customer <laughs> right if uh, so uh, just from the raw business standpoint it's a high priority for us yes okay great yes Yvonne and and so it's Thank you. Vaughn says he's he's in for that. He's a great feature. And and we agree. It's not something you can build from day one. I mean, we could, but it would be all these manual buttons, basically. You're like, okay, I did this, I did. But now that we have all these mechanisms built, right? Projects, invoices, uh, proposals, estimates, and, and the list goes on. File requests, file, file delivery. We can take use each one of those as a possible completion requirement for that journey milestone and then also build in those some steps that yes will require an admin approval or the client can self-assess right um, and these these now we can lay lay a layer over top of all the rest of what we have and that layer is kind of like the uh, the final the, the icing on the cake now right after all this is built we can lay journeys over top and then form this really customizable um, customer journey that someone in travel can do use someone in accounting can use someone in uh, event space can use coaching can use and, and it's really customizable and then of course at each milestone of the journey we, you'll be able to use our trigger actions widget to uh, trigger some circle change or newsletter email marketing change uh, so you can change your messaging change your presentation change which start page they land on when they log in next time um, and I should mention that the journey start page as I just referred to it will be an option for setting a start page so you'll be able to say I want everybody in this circle to have the journey start page as the first thing they see when they log in and then that's going to be where they uh, work from as their core right uh, okay let's let's uh, Carolyn good I'm glad that's what you're looking for also uh, we are excited about it for sure um, Morris only being sweet being around sweet dash for a week initially was introduced from CRM capabilities very impressed so far thank you Morris do you have recipes for industry types to build a base portal example we are an IT MSP and our recipe would be different to travel agents. Yeah, uh, so that's a little. We're moving in that direction, Morris. We're doing things like uh, building translation sets that are. Uh, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek. Uh, let's see. Let me prepare. Okay. And I'll explain this. I'm going to show you. At first, it might not make sense why I'm showing you this, but I do want to. I uh, think it will lead to the right place. But things like. Um, okay. I think everybody can see my screen now. Okay, so this is the next next implementation, the next iteration of translations. So now that translations, this will graduate translations out of beta when this is complete. So you can enable translation functionality. One sec, let me get the zoom right here. And then you'll be able to load a translation set, okay? 
We will be using official, what we call official translators who will provide these translation sets for us uh, for the community. And then you'll be able to take a, you're a new account and you just sign up with Sweet Dash and say, um, Yvonne, for example, you might want to translate it to Spanish for all of your clients there in Colombia. So we can load the translation set. You'll agree to uh, this and you'll load. And then we're, we're basically going to pull the translation set from uh, the database and load it into your account. Okay. And then suddenly you have uh, all your all of your translations are set up for Spanish. Now, what's interesting though, the way that's built and designed, and this is not an accident, is that we would be able to load, for example, translation sets. We have a Spanish official translator, but what if we also had, um, Morris, an IT official translation translator, right? And what if instead of projects, you needed to call it something different, or instead of uh, CRM, you wanted to call it something different. Instead of contacts, you wanted to call it something different. So maybe in your, another good example is legal, for example. They, they might not call projects, they might call it cases or matters, uh, and they might call not, con, not clients, they might call them uh, something different. Patients, if you're in the, in the healthcare industry. So with this, in this way, we can take, uh, have different translation sets that are set up for different industries and as and it may not even be through this mechanism, maybe a, an onboarding wizard where we say, okay, what what niche are you in? Are you in IT? Are you in travel? Are you in accounting? Are you in legal? And then you would be able to choose, I want to set up the my configuration based on um, the niche, right? And then we would possibly load the translation set, uh, load particular templates uh, from the template library automatically instead of uh, having you go in and, and create those or, or find those and, and load them. Uh, so we are moving in that direction. The best I could say now, Morris, would be that uh, in the template library, uh, we're hoping that, uh, of course, we are trying to put these together as fast as possible, but we're also hoping for a, a continually increasing community involvement uh, for especially in niches like uh, travel or community or, or IT etc and it would and you'll find something here that would be useful for you something like this right so a client homepage this is a community um, submitted template right and this is for portal page and so then you can take each one of these I these um, options here and direct it as you need right you can rename it to change the icon, all you need to do is change the icon, and you can move towards this as, as a start page, or maybe this is just the beginning of what you want to implement. Um, but as we get more and more participation and more and more uh, submissions, then you might have a better chance of finding something that's really suited for you as far as like a start page or a um, data page or whatever it works for you. Yes, Erdal, we are planning to add more. We, uh, but as I just said, the real power of this comes from the people who are boots on the ground who um, know exactly what they need in your industry, right? So we, we can't possibly be experts in every industry out there and understand exactly how it should work. And that's a realization that's just truth, right? Um, so 
we what we what we will encourage and and hope for and continue to encourage and possibly even one day allow you to monetize wink wink hint hint right one day maybe um you would be able to create a perfect IT dashboard right out of the tools that we provide and then upload it here and for a dollar 99 or four dollars and 99 cents maybe you can uh, get paid for your work now that could be something in the future and would it be worth worth it to someone who's a professional who's trying to get set up and maybe they can drop five dollars and have an instant you know new a, a, a good starting point in their niche yeah, I think so I think five dollars is a small price to ask for you know what could end up being a couple days of time uh, I don't know how what do you guys think about that is that something that even has merit what would you think right I mean you, you would be able to uh, take a take something that you built or maybe you just build something that's really cool and what's cool about these right when you submit yeah there you go Tim when you submit um, a template it's not done yet right it's still associated with you and then you can go back in and um, submit that template over and over again meaning not submit it but um, up we call it update contribution right so first you're going to contribute it right but then you're the you're the owner of it you're the it's it's associated with you and you can make it better and and then maybe we introduce some new block or new tool that you like oh man that would work great with my template you go in and, and update your template and then update your contribution and in that way if we if we decide to move this into a monetized model you can essentially have a product in our uh, template library or multiple products and spend some time just designing uh, those and keeping them updated and you know who knows uh, depending on the volume that comes through here uh, if 179 people paid you five dollars uh, you know that's that's a that's a cup of coffee and uh, a Danish at, at least so there you go there's something that we are considering and it wouldn't be a big jump here and we talked about stripe connect earlier with someone <laughs> stripe connect and that's how it would work yeah almost certainly that's something that's being considered and talked about yeah well it's yeah elevation it's 100% it would be optional right there would be many 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 free templates right but only some people would you know there would be premium templates which would be you know someone who chose to actually you know spend a lot of time making something really refined and and um, and they're and they're incentivized, of course, because they might make a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks off of it over the course of time. So um, I think it's a good way to increase the quality of the of the templates that are here and ensure that that quality continues to rise as our user base rises. And uh, I think it's a win-win. Okay, let me make sure I didn't miss any questions, but we're a little bit over time, which is fine. I'm glad that you guys are interested in good questions. Everything's good. Uh, yes, Elevation, Integramat's on the, on, the, uh, on the planning, but Integramat works off API. So first, first functionality, first step in that, in that um, down that path is 
is the API, which is the core of everything. So um, still, it's in planning, not really a huge part of what we're trying to do. Um, as an all-in-one platform, we do recognize that there are other solutions out there that you guys are using that you want to integrate with. But if we are not super interested, at least as at this stage, uh, we would prefer to use all our resources to build our own tools and integrate our own tools at this point. But there's always, um, that's not a statement that means we're not going to make an API. It just means that, <laughs> no, 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 it's closer than that. It'll be a stage thing, right? So uh, if you look at our Zapier integration, you can expect an API around those types of uh, functionalities in much, much sooner than 18, 24 months, um, probably in Q3. Yep. So some basic API uh, connections you won't be able to do every single thing that you can do in the application, of course. That would really take a long time. And there's only certain things that people want to use an API for. Ag contact, uh, as, as uh, Yvonne was saying before, right? If Yvonne needs an API, probably, uh, or, or Zapier, but the core of all this is an API connection. He needs an API that's to create a contact with certain um, with certain configuration based on something that happened in another app. So the, there's certain ones that are important, the most important, and then there's others that you know can wait till later or has a very a very small base of people who want to use it, in which case, yeah, it's just those, those come later by definition. Okay, uh, thank you very much, everyone. I think we're gonna go ahead and call this one a day. I do appreciate your time and attention and, and uh, good questions. Hope it was helpful, I really do. We're here almost every Tuesday, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're doing our best to be consistent here. Uh, you're welcome to come back. This is not a one and done. You can come and see us every week if you'd like and just get your questions answered, absorb more Sweet Dash knowledge. Um, there are several several people who are regulars and, and good to see all of you. But. Thanks, and if you have any other further questions that you need help, uh, help with, help at sweetdash.com is your best route. But until next week, thanks. Have a great rest of your day. All right.